Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. It's time for the Great Clips postgame show. Great Clips is going to be great. Presented by Telemore Do. Because when it's game time, it's telly time. Now, here are your hosts, Olin Krutz, Patrick Manley, and Mully from the Mully and Ha Show on Sports Radio 670 The Score. Always live on the free Odyssey app. Oh, yes, indeed. It's the Great Clips postgame show presented by Telemore Do here on The Score. And uh, goodness gracious, the Bears... Uh, I don't know. Funny mirror. Maybe they win that game. Seemed like they had a lot going for them, but ultimately they were just – you don't win any games when you're uh, when you're 5-0 on the turnover battle. Just uh, too many lost opportunities, gentlemen. We've got Patrick Manley, Olin Krutz, and uh, difficult to see what looked like a promising start and a lot of fight from the Bears turn into sort of a, a turnover fiasco at the end. Yeah, to me, it was just kind of the tale of two halves of Tyson Bajan. Um, yep. You know, the first half, it was all exciting. You know, you're looking at his numbers, and you're just like, he's doing well. He makes one rookie mistake with that first interception. Then they have four series in the second half, guys. Four series. They're down 24 to 17. They turn the ball over three times, and they punt once. You know, that's just, to me, that's what a, a, ends up with a rookie quarterback, right? Um, you know, we had the Tyson Bajan game against the Raiders, and now we have the, this Tyson Bajan game against the Saints, and it's... Um, you know, the better team won. I think we all knew that the Saints were a better team. We all picked the Saints to win. But I'll tell you this, though. At least we were entertained. I think we were picking a game where it was going to be 31 to 10 or 27 to 10 I picked. And uh, there were some good things in the game we'll talk about. There's a lot of bad things that happened. But um, the, be- the better team won and the team won than I thought. But, again, it goes back to Tyson Bajan. And I, I also think this, guys. I think there were some plays that Luke Getzey called well. There's some we're always going to question. But I also ultimately think he put too much on his plate. He is a rookie quarterback. They ran the ball for 156 yards, right? I mean, that, to me, and you're only down seven, stop putting him in those that many positions to force turnovers. Give him a chance to hand the ball off, get the running game going, make it a, le- a little easier on him. Like we always say, he's an undrafted free agent. out of Shepard. He's not Drew Brees. He's not Matt Ryan in the Superdome coming down with two minutes and 26 seconds to win the game. Make it easier on him all the way up to that point. I thought he put a lot of pressure on him. And it's tough for a rookie to do that in the Superdome. Um, but, you know, the better team won today. Yeah, that, that is true, man. I mean, it's, a, it's, it's the turnovers, right? It's just they mm-hmm. didn't play well. Uh, it's, it's hard because you're watching, like you guys are saying, and I'm expecting them to get dismantled, right, with the week they right. had, with the guys they have out on defense, and they don't. They don't get dismantled. So it's like, gosh, it's, it's almost as an analyst, it's like you're taking moral victories from the Chicago <laughs> Bears. Right, right. All of a sudden watching this game, uh, like you said, Pat, some guys played well. Not only do you take some off his, something off his plate, but then go to DJ Moore when you do, right? Yeah. Don't, don't go to uh, uh, Molly's favorite guy, Jones, and, and have DJ Moore blocking. Uh, you know, don't hand off the ball to Tyler Scott on a reverse. 
I just think they can put the ball again in DJ Moore's hands more often. And I also think to take some pressure off the quarterback, like you're saying, Pat, um, I think you have to have a feeling for which way you need to run the ball there uh, late in the game. And I thought Tevin Jenkins and Darnell Wright, although not every time, right? Not every time, but I thought they played really well. I thought Tevin Jenkins, I put a spotlight hit on him in the pregame. And boy, did he look good uh, playing out there today. He gave uh, th- that Saints defense line everything they could handle. But Dan Pompey said in the pregame show that this Saints defense, you got to be careful. They're really good at taking the ball away. And, right. and when Dan saying that kept ringing in my head every mm-hmm. time they got to take away and they end up with five, I uh, end up with a cause fumble late in the game. And it's just, you know, it's, that's what the Bears are, right, Molly? They're not talented enough. So. Yeah, they're, they're, I mean, they're never going to win a game if, if they have that many uh, turnovers. And it, it's a pity because I thought they started the game really well. Uh, that, mm-hmm. That's got to be the best catch of Cole Komet's career. I mean, that was an unbelievable touchdown to open the game. They marched down the field. You kind of felt good about what they were doing. I think ultimately the defense kept them in the game. And uh, and you saw some improvement from, from that group. But as you say, you know, five, I, I think it's the first time they've had five turnovers since like 2021. And I believe they've lost the last eight games they've played where they've had five turnovers. It's just it's just not a recipe to be able to win a game. But they they lost by a touchdown. I mm-hmm. mean, how how were they that close given all of the of the turnovers? Crazy. Yeah, it was crazy because all right, if you look at the offense, they played a very good first half. The defense, I think, were give up five of six third downs, right, in the, the first half. And they came out and made an adjustment. They came out and stopped them. Three and out, three and out. The first two, uh, first two drives. And I thought they did a good job. I think it's only what seven points in the second half they gave up. It's just too bad the offense couldn't match that. Because if they could have matched that, I think that's a win. You know, if they come out and play like they did in the first half, that's a win. But uh, it's kind of shocking that it was that close with that turnover battle being the way it is. And if you just, you know, what do you say? If you cut that in half, you probably win. Right. But you know, it is what it is. And again, it's that rookie quarterback. It's he made two throws. Matt Ryan talked about him really well behind them. Uh, the receiver that was kind of open that, you know, hopefully in the future, if he does give more playing time that he, he makes the proper throw there, but um, it's tough to win in this league with a rookie quarterback. That's why I praised him so much that first game where he beat the Raiders. I just, you know, I was in shock that a rookie quarterback came in and won a game. And then I was in shock the first half of how well he was playing. And then everything came down to earth. Yeah. You think about it, right? Like Santos misses that field goal. So the game's actually closer. Yeah. Right. Yeah. He misses a 40 yard field goal, which you, which for him is rare, right? He doesn't yes. miss yeah. a lot, especially yeah. from 40 yards. So yes. uh, the game is a lot closer. Even if we just make a routine field goal for Santos, uh, they're up, they're up by three, I think at yeah. half. And then mm-hmm. they're only down by four uh, when they have the ball again. So uh, just kind of a, they were right there in the game. Uh, like you're saying, Mully, uh, you know, the offense puts up 250 yards in the first half. But this is the Saints' M.O. Like, you have to know when you go at halftime, they play bad defense in the first half and great defense in the second half. I think Duncan said that, right? We had Jeff yep. Duncan on sure. in the pregame show, and he talked to us about exactly what they were. And it went, at this time of the year, guys, when a team has an identity, that's what they are, man. Uh, they don't change very much. Yep. So you got to know when you come out at half, the defense is about to get stingy. And, and I think, I don't know what you guys thought. I was going to ask you guys this question. I thought all that running and stuff in the first half – the hits that Bajan took, I thought it took something off his throws a little bit that maybe he got bumped a little bit on his legs and he couldn't, he couldn't put as much juice on the ball anymore. 
That's a good point. That could be it. He was holding the ball a lot at the end of the game. I mean, I don't know. O-line was doing a great job, weren't they? Well, it was, I mean, (laughs) eventually collapsed, but good God, it was like he was really, I I mean, we hear all these arguments that Justin Fields is holding the ball too long. He, He wasn't making the same quick decisions. Now, maybe no one was open. We'll get a better view of, of the tape, but I, I felt like, especially at the end of the game, he was taking too many hits because he was holding the ball too long. Can you say, did the O-line make him too comfortable? Because <laughs> at the beginning of the game, I mean, he had all day. It was impressive, and maybe he just kind of felt that, but you can't, again, going back to rookie quarterback, knowing the situation and that the defense is going to tee off late there in the game, and you got to be ready for that. You cannot hold the ball, and that was one of his strengths. Then it just showed up that, you know, he didn't he didn't learn. Yeah, and he was he was checking in out of plays early in that game, right? Getting him in and out of the right plays. Matt Ryan was talking about that. When they talk about can, can, it means you can run the play. Uh, tapping his helmet, doing a nice job. Doing zone reads, right? Which we thought yep. they should give Justin Fields more zone reads. And he was running the zone read and running them well. But uh, as soon as they got to, you know, you know that after that first 15, what you see on film is going to change, right? They're going to adjust to what you're trying to do. And Matt Ryan, I think Matt Ryan and Tiki Barber, I don't know about you guys, I enjoy listening to them. Yes. They do a really nice job giving you the point of view from, from two different positions. But Matt Ryan talked about the cover two fooling Bajan again, right? Just like it could have fooled him the last game with DJ Moore. Getsy talked about that on Thursday when he rode his quarterback under the bus. But it happened again, <laughs> right? It happened again with uh, Bajan. So, uh, you know, it's just a young rookie quarterback against his New Orleans Saints defense, even though we were there, even though we look good, that defense, we think we look good because we thought we were going to look so bad, uh, that defense ends up doing what they do, right? Getting five takeaways and shutting the offense down in the second half, which is what they did the last three weeks of their games. Yeah, I, I mean, I got to tell you when, you, when you think about um, kind of how how they managed to stay in the game. There were a couple of opportunities where if they make a play here or there, if the offense had had kind of um, a big play here or there, that, that's a totally different game. I, I mean, they, it was a good football game, despite the fact they turned the ball over five times, which is an yeah. extraordinary thing to say. And like I said at the beginning, that's credit to the defense because they had four series down seven points, four series. You know, you'd hope you'd score some points, at least three or something, or you know, but you had four chances, and you bungled three of them away with three turnovers and and one punt. Uh, then you have a penalty on that punt, and we can probably talk about that later. But uh, uh, but yeah, it just it didn't go well for the offense. It didn't look good at the end, and he didn't look comfortable. As, as comfortable as he looked in the first half, to me, he looked as uncomfortable in the second half. I don't know what you guys thought. Yeah, they were, they were dropping into that zone coverage yeah. and almost baiting him into throws. Mm-hmm. Right? It mm-hmm. looked like they did a really nice job knowing where he wanted to go with the ball and then jumping throws. And he, he put a little behind on a couple of those throws. But when you talk about that defense, Pat, uh, you know, you, you got you to gotta mention Sanborn. Right? What a game Yo, he man. had. Right? You got to mention Sanborn. You got to mention the fact that with sweat on the field, you actually saw a pass rush all of a sudden. Yep. Right, guys? Mm-hmm. Coming free. Uh, not a lot, yep. but it was more yep. than we're used to. Right? It, not a lot, but it was at least a little bit more. Uh, sweat goes against Ramchek, one of the best right tackles in the NFL. Like to see him against someone not as good, but mm-hmm. uh, to Pat's point, that defense did a good job. Coach Flues, I thought he was blitzing too much early on against yeah, a quarterback yeah. like Derek Carr, and he stopped in the second half and he just played coverage. And even with Tyreek Stevenson out, I don't know what happened there, but with uh, Jalen Jones in, 
Uh, the, the secondary did a good job, even with Brisker out. So just mm-hmm. credit to a defense that was a short man there in the second half. Uh, I thought they played really good, and, and Billings continues to be stout there in the middle of that, right. that line against the run. And to your point about, um, you know, the broadcast, Olin, I was a little bit going into the game. I was just I was kind of had my antenna up a little bit because I remember when Ryan Pace, uh, when Tony Romo called a game and Ryan Pace was an old teammate of his. And, oh, God, it was like this propaganda broadcast. Uh, I thought that that, you know, Ryan Poles and and. Uh, Matt Ryan, our good friends and former teammates at Boston College, and I didn't get any sense of Matt Ryan trying to sell you on some storyline that uh, that would help the Bears. I, I thought he did a very fair and kind of unbiased job. I couldn't agree with you more. Yeah. I couldn't yeah. agree with you yeah. more with the way they did. And I think Tiki Barber does a nice job explaining what the running back and what you're seeing from the line and the secondary with Matt Ryan telling you what a rookie quarterback is going through. And, and as we talk about... Uh, like when I talk about offensive line play, I'm biased towards offensive line. By that, I mean I can always find you an excuse of why an offensive line has <laughs> missed the block or why their job is hard, right? Like, uh, obviously, you gotta, you got to take that into account when Matt Ryan's talking about quarterbacks, right? Because I thought on the other side, I thought he did a terrible job telling us how bad Derek Carr was playing because he was playing terrible. But um, it is good to just hear their point of view. I think they do a good job bouncing off each other. And like you're saying, Molly, I didn't hear any of that from no. him. He just talked about the game and told you what he saw on each play. Yeah, I wonder if he and Poles talked before and said, listen, I'm not even going to bring that up. There's no need to. Maybe they knew before about how much that was going on with Romo and Pace, but uh, I'm glad they didn't because that just that would kind of slant the take of the game, right? If you Because nobody knows that outside of Chicago. Right. <clears throat> so maybe maybe they didn't, they didn't need to bring that up, and I'm glad they didn't. Yeah, I was glad they didn't do that. What, what did you think of Darnell Mooney's game? He seemed to get the ball more, and he seemed as productive as he's been in a long time. I like the yak. I like him turning it up, you know, yeah. not going out of bounds and uh, trying to get the extra yards. Then you get to see his explosiveness, too. When he gets the ball in his hands, a little bit of space, puts that first foot in the ground, he gets up the field fast, and he shows what, you know, what, what scouts see and what coaches see from him. And I, I thought he played a good game, and it's, it was nice to see him get involved. Uh, again, though, I'd go back to Olin maybe – I'd rather have DJ Moore get the ball more, but it is nice to see him get the ball, and I thought he had a nice game. Yeah, I, I think especially he shows you that speed on that little boot, right, where it looked like they dropped him in coverage and he turned it up. But mm-hmm. that's I thought that's been coming, Mully, for a couple of weeks now. I thought maybe to start the year, he was trying to get his feet under him, and maybe right. that injury he had hadn't mm-hmm. fully healed. But I thought he's been coming a little bit more the last two or three weeks. And, and if they can get him involved, in this offense against the ad to take some of that pressure off DJ Moore, maybe roll that coverage away from him a little bit more. Now, Cole Komet is benefiting, right, from it. But oh, yeah. Cole Komet, man, I mean, uh, uh, they say like Pat, right, like like when a guy that will do all the little things like block yep. and do all the things coaches ask him to do that do- doesn't get the attention on him, they'll start to draw plays for him. And I got to credit Getsy for drawing that boot throwback to Cole Komet, and then he catches it. What a, what, yep. a, what a good catch. But two guys, I think, again, the, the game is kind of a weird game because they lost. They had five turnovers, but there were so many guys that you watched and said, hey, man, that, that guy's improving, right? That mm-hmm. guy's playing a little mm-hmm. better football than I've seen on film lately, especially, again, we talk about, man. I mean, I credit this team. I don't know how much you can credit the coaching staff, guys, because I don't want to go too far here. But – the performance they put on after the week they had, I, I thought they were going to get dismantled again in New Orleans. Uh, and they still lost, and, and, and they still could have lost 30, you know, 
the, the Saints take a knee down there, so they still could have right. scored 30 points. But uh, they still went out there and competed and looked like they were playing hard football. Olin, this is where we're at, though, right? Yeah. <laughs> They're a 2-7 yeah, team, sure. and this is what we're trying to find yeah. the, the good out of it. And it's just it's part of it because you're disappointed. I'm sitting yeah. here watching, polling, 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 and then I'm like, well, I guess at the end of the game I knew they were going to lose, but they did. They played okay. There were some signs of life. There were, like you said, Olin, that's a great point about what they went through last week and how they came back out and fought like they did because that, that's a tough week on a team like that. That's a really tough team. And, and to go back to that Cole Komech catch, those were in the years past we'd see players drop those, right? You never saw a guy from the Bears yep. really go up and go get it, at least in the last few years, and that was nice to see. And the one I was really hoping DJ Moore would have come down the one he had in the end zone. He has hands on it, just well, bobbled the hair. DJ Moore's they, fumble, too, was strange, right, for him. Yeah, right. yeah, exactly. You know? yeah. No, he doesn't fumble. That was a bad one. Yeah, and then, and then, like, if you think about these Bears, man, like, like just that, that Cole Komet, Tevin Jenkins, it's just, again, we talk about that multiplier on offense, right, that quarterback. Mm-hmm. It's just, they're just, they're, they're, like, we've been so long around here. We're a man short. And, Pat, to your point, not two and seven, right, five and 21, right? Like, that's why we're here. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you're right. You know? Yep, yep. All right, we, uh, we've got a lot of people who want to check in. we got uh, all the calls coming in, 312-644-6767. We're going to get to the phone lines. You are listening to the, uh, the postgame show, the Great Clips postgame show, and, of course, it's presented by Tullamore Dew. We'll be right back on the score. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. A 40-yard attempt for Cairo Santos. And Santos... Year. A rare miss. 
miss by Santos. We're back with more of the Great Clips postgame show. Great Clips, it's going to be great. Presented by Telemore Dew. When it's game time, it's telly time. Now here are your hosts, Olin Krutz, Patrick Manley, and Mully from the Mully and Haw Show on Sports Radio 670 The Score. Oh, yeah, it's the Great Clips postgame show presented by Tullamore Dew and uh, a cruel reality there, the the 40-yard attempt that uh, I think they moved the post. I, I think it moved <laughs> a couple times, and uh, it's a pity. He had been 11 of 11, as you heard him say, 14 of 14 dating back to last year, and, uh, you know, tough to see uh, Cairo Santos miss one. It's weird. It, it was just it, an oddity. You got to make it. I mean, that's one you have yeah. to make. And I tweeted out, all right, you've made 11 in a row. Now your mindset has to mean to make 11 more in a row. And uh, it's unfortunate. At least it wasn't a game winner, right? <clears throat> it wasn't happening at the end of the game. But uh, but that's one as you, as a coach, you look at it, you're disappointed he missed it. You'll talk about why he pushed a little bit or whatever. But the young man's made 14 in a row, 11 in a row this year. I think we, that's the, the least of our worries uh, as far as uh, talent on this team that you're okay with him. And I have a feeling, you know, I tweeted again, one in a row, he made one. Uh, he's going to be just fine. But that's just part of the game with kickers, and that's why a lot of people hate him, and then some people love him at the end of the games. <laughs> Molly, what did I tell you, right? Your position, you apologized for. Did you hear that? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Perfect goal. We always have an excuse. Exactly. You're exactly right. Yeah. No, but it was a tough miss for him, and he has yeah. been. Pat is 100% right. He has been good. Uh, they're just not good enough to overcome a missed field yeah. goal, right? That's yeah. just where they are right now. Right. Uh, as a team, so uh, you know you need those. Uh, you count on him to make those. You know, like for the Bears, uh, when you have something, one thing on your team that's a sure thing, and that goes wrong, mm. uh, it's just a bad omen for you for that game. So uh, you know, hopefully, like Pat said, it doesn't it doesn't become something we see more often. But yeah. uh, with the, with his with his pass, with, with the way he's been doing things, uh, like Pat said, right now maybe the least of the Bears' worries is that he missed yeah. that field goal moving on. Mm-hmm. All right, we got a lot of people who want to check in. Let's get to the phone lines. We'll start with Antoine. He's in Addison. Hey, Antoine. Hey, good afternoon, guys. Thanks for taking my call. Uh, I want to start off with something that has been happening on your program for the past few weeks. Start with this crew, and particularly Patrick Manley. This year and last year, saying things, shape, trying to shape the narrative, about Justin Fields, which was totally, totally unfair. I want to hear this team today say that Tyson Bajan held the ball too long, which he did. I want to hear this team say that Tyson Bajan does does not know how to recognize quick, fast NFL corners who can track your passes down like a hawk. I want to hear this team put the blame on Tyson Bajan and make him look like the villain hey, tonight. Hey, Antoine, you should go, you should, re- you should go back on, to the beginning of the show. Hold on, hold on, hold on. You should hold on. You should, hold on. On. you should go back to the beginning hold on, of the show. Hold on, hold on. Let yeah. somebody talk. Go back no, to the no, beginning no. of the show hold and on, listen on, to it because that's on. exactly what Pat Manley said. Yeah, exactly. Thank you. That's exactly what I said. This was Tyson Bajan's yeah. fault. I go, he had a good first half. Right. You talk about his first half. He well, you said he held on to the ball too long. Oh, 100%. Yeah, he said that as well. Yes. You don't want somebody else to talk but yourself. You guys love what? listening That's why we're on the show. to yourself to talk. <laughs> but let somebody else talk for That's why we're on the show. That's I'm just telling you what he said earlier. Run your mouth off now. Run we, your mouth off now. That's what he said earlier. That's why we let you talk and, yeah. and your point. Yeah, I'm just correcting you because you I said what I said, and I said everything you said that I did not say. Thanks, Antoine. All right. <laughs> I, I don't know. He must not I, have been I, listening. I mean, yeah. 
let's try John. He's listening on the Odyssey in, app in Dallas. Hey, John. Hey, I'm going to take it easy on you guys because I like you guys every every morning. Also. <laughs> I, I like listening to Molly, so I'm going to lay off a little bit. But I got two points. We can, I can take it. Uh, they, they better they better hope that Justin Field is ready because if we lose next week, we're going to lose the draft pick. So that's something to think about coming up this week on Thursday night. And my last point is I thought he played real well in the first half. I, I blame a little bit on the, the offensive coordinator. And it looked like the guy just said he held a little bit too much. And the show ought to be about how he failed this week. Because if Justin Fields had did this, y'all be all over. I hang up. Yeah, I, I, th- I, th- I, think, I think there's two things going on here. And I think with these callers calling in, what they have to realize is this. Bajan is an undrafted free agent rookie who yes. you expect to play like this, right? Mm-hmm. Who you expect, we, we going to New Orleans... Uh, you're almost shocked when he does something good, right? You're almost like, man, mm-hmm. where did this guy come from? Shepherd College? Uh, like, we can see, I think everyone's saying about this young man that the most he is is a backup. Most people have said that on yep. the score that I've listened to is the opinion of most, right? Like, it is surprising he gets the ball out fast sometimes. He does struggle against coverage. He, he, he does not have the arm strength. Everyone has questioned that. Everyone has said exactly what these callers are saying. Now, on the other end of it, uh, uh, Justin Fields is in his third year, and he is a first-round pick. Obviously, you expect more out of a guy you traded up for in the first round to draft who has 30-plus starts. Very simply, that is a very different story than when you're talking about a guy who is a free agent who you expect, Pat, right now at the most to be your backup quarterback. Yeah, and that's what I said last week, too. I think you could celebrate him you might have found a number two quarterback, a guy that can come in and be serviceable mm-hmm. and keep you in games and win games. Listen, maybe now it's time to not st- continue comparing Tyson Bajan to Justin Fields. Let's compare Tyson Bajan to other rookies in the NFL. You know what I mean? This is Like you said, he's had 30 starts in the NFL. Nobody said he's been a world beater in 30 starts. I said I was going to be hard on him. I want him to be great. I want him to be the answer. Olin, we played there forever. We never had a generational quarterback. I want him to be that. He has not shown me consistently that he can do that. That's why I've been hard on him. And that's why you put um, that's why you put games on him more. Like you said, Olin, he's a high round draft pick. You drafted him to win games for this franchise. Tyson Bajant wasn't even drafted. He was brought here as a camp guy that maybe could make your roster. Now he has to start. He's not here to win the game. So I don't know what we're going to do with these comparisons here. I, I've been hard on Justin. No, it's, sure. it's, it's good I calls to- because what you want to do is you want to explain to them the way we're looking at it, right? Yeah. The, the yep. way we're looking at it is like this. Can Tyson Bajan be our backup? And yes. Number two, now, we're looking at it like this, Molly, right? Should we give Justin Fields $250 million? Mm-hmm. Like, that's the difference here. That's the way we're looking at these two yep. quarterbacks. Exactly. It, it is um, It's fascinating because I don't know why if Bajan does well, that somehow is, is it reflects poorly on Justin Fields. You know, this... Mm-hmm. This we all know what's going on with the Bears. Justin Fields is in his third year. This guy just had his third start. It, yep. it isn't comparable. Mm-hmm. And frankly, when you mention the draft pick, whether winning or losing is going to ruin the draft pick, this is a, another fascinating element of this season, which is the Bears have two top five picks, and we don't know where they're going to end up, and we don't know – if they're going to be in a position to get Caleb Williams or or May or whoever they're going to take uh, that high in the draft. 
there's been this idea maybe they could combine those two picks to get the quarterback. People don't give up quarterbacks if you think there is an elite generational quarterback. So I think this is all, I mean, people are kind of losing their minds about this stuff. It may well be that the Bears are not in a position to get a quarterback in the draft next year. We don't know. We got to let the season unfold and kind of see where this ends up. But but right now, you know, they've already said it. When Fields is healthy, mm-hmm. he takes over the quarterback position, period, end of story. That could be Thursday. We'll find out. Yeah, but Arizona's doing a darn good job trying to get that first pick. <laughs> <laughs> That's a That's problem. Unfortunate. Yeah. yeah. That's a big problem. And, and it would be it would be interesting to see Justin Fields when he comes back. Yes. Uh, we talked about these zone reads, right? With with this offensive line now today, who showed you that that they can block. Now, now New Orleans defensive line by no means is ferocious, right? They're really not. So it'll be interesting when they come back. Carolina's not a very good football team, but that right side, guys, now of Tevin Jenkins and Darnell Wright. Uh, is something the Bears have been looking for for a while. And I, I would just say this. If I am the Chicago Bears, if I am Ryan Poles, I, a, a Pat, I am paying attention to Tevin Jenkins and Darnell Wright's recoveries on a daily basis, right? I am mm-hmm. asking my strength staff. I am asking my training room. I'm asking what they're doing to keep them playing at this level because I'm going to tell you right now, uh, like we are talking about the secondary and this defense a couple of weeks ago before they ran to the buzzsaw to Chargers. Uh, that right side of that line, Pat, they're close to what we've been looking for right yes. now, right? Yep. I mean, yep. they're running guys off the ball and into the ground. It does not happen a lot in the NFL, right? A guy <laughs> like me, I'm off my couch screaming all kind of uh, obscenities when that happens, okay? Like, I love it, right? Like, it's awesome to watch somebody in the NFL take a starting quality, quality D lineman, walk him five yards back, and put him on his back. So you give Justin Fields that kind of blocking – with the run, with a run game, throw the ball. DJ Moore, Mooney taking a step. Cole Komet, call the game to Justin Fields' strengths, and who knows, right? Who knows? And and to all the callers who may call in, Justin Fields does hold the ball long. That just is what it is. Okay. Yep. That, that's a fact. And then, all right, was the was that a holding on Darnell Wright? I want to see the other angle where he knocked it. That was yeah, like they were calling just... anything that Ugh. looked like the hands were out, outside on that shoulder, weren't they? But but uh, uh, Darnell Wright and, and Braxton Jones included now, uh, they do have a habit of grabbing outside the shoulder mm-hmm. pad. So in mm-hmm. a game like that, there's some guys like you know, Pat, they call it and they don't call it, right? Yeah. But in yep. a game like that on the sideline, you have to say, look, they're calling it. So you cannot do it because they well, call well, Lucas too for yep. the same yep. thing, right? They yep. call yep. Lucas Patrick too. For the same thing, if you grab the pad and look like you change the direction of the defender, which a lot of people don't understand, holding is just not grabbing the pads. Holding mm-hmm. is impeding the guy from going where he wants to go. Yep. Right. So if it looks like you are impeding somebody from going where he wants to go, that is holding. And so another thing, real quick, yeah. is the the game plan about how many zone reads that Tyson Bajan got. Like, mm-hmm. where were those been with Fields when he was running the, the offense the last couple games? Right. You weren't you weren't seeing that many. I was kind of shocked. I'm like, okay, that game plan, what I just saw there, that call there should be when number one is behind center. You know, Bayesian ran it fine, is effective because they're crashing on Deontay Foreman. But if you got number one back there, now what you're saying, Olin, with that run game, that's that's a that's a different animal. They had eight penalties for 71 yards, the Bears, and the Saints were called for just one penalty in the game. Mm-hmm. So that's, you mm-hmm. know, that's very lopsided. And I don't know. 
I don't know if that's correct or not, but um, I think one of the things that you mentioned, Olin, is that crew was calling that uh, particular penalty. NFL team scout officials, they know going in if there's a if there's a whistle happy crew, or if guys are obsessed with pass interference or offensive hold, whatever it might be. You do work on that, and and they should have known that going in. If indeed they were getting called for holding every time. Yeah, I wouldn't know. And like you're saying, Molly, they know the numbers. I didn't look into the numbers of the crew. That'd be a good question for our guy Brad Biggs, who's always on stuff like that, right? But if it, it was known going in, then that's even worse that you're getting called for it in the game, right? Because uh, as Pat knows, that's a scouting re- report yeah. we usually get on a yeah. Wednesday. I think when yeah. we sit in that room who the crew is and what what penalties Mm -hmm. they like to call and what we have to look out for. And you just kind of know in the game, right? You look up at the the jumbo try and say, okay, they're calling that today, right? They're calling hand outside on the outside of their shoulder and it looks like I'm pulling them to me while they say I'm going to my right. I'm kind of pulling my right arm to my left, even though it's small, uh, that's what they're calling. But like as you said, Molly, I'm sure I can go to the Saints film, find their own line doing that a hundred times and they didn't get called for it once. Yeah, and there's also another thing that coaches will go to the refs and say, hey, listen, this O-line does this. Olin, how many times do they go and talk about your hand, moving your hand? I remember the referees would come over to me before a game and like, we know you on fourth down when it's fourth and less than five, you'll, you'll move the ball. So those are things that other coaches will go to the referees and say, hey, look out for this. And like you said, Olin, if Darnell Wright and, and Braxton really grab outside, that's, that's good coaching and scouting by the Saints if they are going to the referees pregame and saying, make sure you look out for this because – that's just going to get in the back of their head, and they're going to look at that a little bit more. All right, we got uh, open phone lines, 312-644-6767. Anyone wants to take shots at Pat, please call in. <laughs> Bring them. Come be I'll tell you what. Especially about things he just said. You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, he didn't say yeah. what he just said. That'd be great. And then come meet me on the golf course tomorrow. <laughs> we'll buy the beer, right? We'll buy yes, the beer and the cigars, you know? Oh, that's beautiful. Oh. Uh, we'll, be, we'll be right back here on the, uh, on the Great Clips postgame show presented by Tullamore Dew. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. Like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on LinkedIn.com slash recommend today. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL draft is behind us, and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. Play by the second-year corner out of Washington. Yeah, listen to this contact. Kyler Gordon coming up on the check there. Get yourself. 
We're back with more of the Great Clips postgame show. Great Clips, it's going to be great. Presented by Telemore Dew. When it's game time, it's telly time. Now here are your hosts, Olin Krutz, Patrick Manley, and Mully from the Mully and Haw Show on Sports Radio 670 The Score. It is the Great Clips postgame show presented by Telemore Dew. And what you just heard there from Kyler Gordon was the hit of the game sponsored by Estwing Professional Tools made in the USA for 100 years, estwing.com. And and despite adding the new uh, pass rusher, Montez Sweat, the Bears with zero sacks and only two hurries in the game, which probably – speaks more to the way that um, that they were throwing the ball, meaning New Orleans. They were kind of doing a lot of uh, a short stuff and, and kind of getting rid of the ball quickly. I don't, I don't know how good uh, you felt Derek Carr was, but, you know, he, he was good enough, I suppose, to get the job done. But he didn't wow you with any throws himself. No, but Taysom No, not at all. No. <laughs> Yeah. Sorry, old. Yeah, I'm just saying, Taysom Hill. Go, go ahead, me at quarterback. Go yeah, ahead. no, that's what wowed me. No. But yeah, what is zero zero interceptions? That's the big thing for David Carr, right? We started the show with zero versus five, five right. zero turnovers right. versus five turnovers, and he didn't turn the ball over. Um, I think that's just kind of what he does. I think that's just kind of who he is in this NFL, right? He's not going to wow you. He will have some wow games, but he's not going to be a top ten quarterback, you know, throughout the the whole season. He just seems like a game manager and did well. But I tell you what, that Taysom Hill. That's a weapon. That is a that is a huge weapon. Uh, yeah, and as far as the pass rush goes, Molly, I mean, I thought it was better. I don't ever think it's going to be ferocious by any means this year mm-hmm. unless someone takes a step up. One of these young guys, right, the young draft picks, uh, get a little bit better. I don't think unless Javon Dexter and Zach Pickens uh, take a step up, I just expect it to be improved. I don't think Ryan Pose, I think if you sat down and talked to him, I don't think he thought that Montez Sweat would fix all his problems in his pass rush. I think it'll make it better. And I, I thought it was better today. You know, obviously mm-hmm. it wasn't great. It wasn't good enough. Uh, they weren't all over the quarterback's feet at, uh, on every play. And uh, like we talked about, Montez Sweat had a matchup against uh, Ramchick. And I think we saw him go on the other side too against Pete. But I, I just don't think he's comfortable playing that right defensive end spot yet. And then maybe that's some of what... Uh, the D-line coach uh, Smith was talking about when he said he's not ready for everything we want him to do yet. But we did see him on the field a lot, and I thought we saw a little more pressure uh, than we had saw in other games. I guess Tyson Bagent uh, went up to the podium, said it was all his fault, and that he was uh, embarrassed by his performance. So nice of him to take the uh, the blame, I suppose. Um, I think it was Peyton Manning who said once that every – interception has a story but there were a couple mm-hmm. of bad interceptions i don't care what the story was yeah i mean he, he, yeah he struggled yep yeah okay. yep. i mean yeah he did I mean, he, he took ownership for it and that, that's on him i mean those guys were nfl mm-hmm. open if he leads them on two of them uh the one he got fooled on and then if you lead them a little bit you give them a chance they have a chance to catch it or it's incomplete and he threw it more to the defender and that's on him and uh I w- I w- i'm not surprised that he owned up that way you know i mean that's just what you hear about him and all these other press conferences, and, and that's a good. That's what you want to hear from them because it, at the end, whoever that caller Antoine, I think it was, it, Tyson Bajan played bad, played really bad in the second half, had those turnovers, held the ball, held the ball too long, um, and he owned up to it. And I, you know, I'm not surprised he he did that. I'm, I'm gonna say that Tyson Bajan, Molly, he's gonna do that because he's got two choices: either he says it now or gets he says it on Thursday. <laughs> <laughs> 
Ooh, he's learning. That is awesome. Uh, let's try Todd. That's, good, that's good press conference studying by him. You know what I mean? Yeah, he's yep. studying everything. Uh, pretty good. <laughs> Todd's in Elkhart Lake. Hey, Todd. Hey, guys. Thanks for taking my call. Good afternoon. Molly, love listening to you in the morning. Patrick, Olin, great to uh, watch your careers develop with the Bears. Um, so many things to touch on, but uh, the two points, I guess, that stick out most in my head. First half, obviously, was day and night different from the second half offensively. thought Getsy's play calling in the first half was, was good. I thought he got way too conservative and cute in the second half, which drove me insane. And the lopsided penalties all game long drove me nuts. There were several that, like, for example, when Valus Jones got flagged, and I don't remember if it was a punt, but he had at one point three defenders' hands with fistfuls of his jersey that weren't called, and I don't understand how it was so lopsided. And, and the, the, the Taysom Hill first down at the end of the game, I forget the defensive lineman that they brought in and pulled from the left side to the right side and had him in motion. He completely missed a block on Kyler Gordon and just reached out with his left hand and grabbed Kyler Gordon in the center of the chest with a fistful of his jersey, held him, Taysom Hill ran past him and got the first down, and there was no flag called. I felt like every little thing we did all game long was called, and nothing was called on the Saints. It was it drove me nuts, and I'll, uh, yeah, I don't know. That's all I got for you. All right. Thanks, buddy. That's good can stuff. I, can I take the, uh, the Bayless penalty? Please. So that, to me, is one of the hardest plays in football. If you're a gunner and you're doubled in – you know, there's a reason that you, you can run out. You can't run out of bounds right away. You've got to be forced out of bounds. You've got to come right back in. So this it's contact the entire play, and it's two-on-one, and it's why you're running full speed down the field. So it's if you watch a gunner come off the field after a double team like that, they're, they're the most exhausted any player could be after after a play. It's just it's it's a very physical and, and difficult play for those guys. But that being said, I think when those plays happen – you can call a penalty anytime if you look at it really close. Those guys are always holding. They're going to find ways to, like you were talking, Olin, you're holding, but you can't let them go. That's always going on. But I think what happened is the referees see anytime a hand goes to a face anywhere, they're just going to throw the flag. And it seemed like these referees were a little ticky, t- little more ticky-tacky than I liked, and that's what they did that for. I would not have called it just because it's such a physical play, it's such a difficult play that it's got to be egregious. Normally a physical, a, a, a penalty is called when somebody goes to the ground. I think all they saw is his hand go to his face. To me, that wasn't enough to, to call the face mask, so I'm sticking up for Bayless Jones after our pregame kind of breakdown of him. Uh, I, to me, I thought that was a really bad call by the refs. Yeah, and like you know, Pat and Molly, if you go through the film, when it's that lopsided one way or the other with calls, you'll find the other team doing a lot of stuff, right? Yeah, and, yeah. Uh, I, I think I remember on the first on the first touchdown to Olave, I remember uh, Ramchick grabbing Sweat right right before he hit a car and pulling him, right? And that's what they were calling today. Uh, and they didn't call it on that play, which is just, uh, I'm sure for the Bears, they're going to go through this film, Coach Eberflus them, and they're going to find all these examples of, look, you called us for this, but you didn't call them for that. But uh, it, it was just that kind of game for the Bears. And uh, let's be honest, that's what happens to bad teams, right? Bad teams yeah, don't get calls. Uh, we know that. But uh, still frustrating to watch. It's going to be the more you watch this game, Molly and Pat, the more you watch it, the more you go through it, the more mad you're going to get at calls. We've all seen games like this, right? Mm-hmm. Because you know the Saints are doing things too on every play. Yep. 
Let's try uh, Steve. He's in Kansas City. Hey, Steve. Hi, guys. Uh, from my, uh, I don't know if you guys uh, love watching movies, but the uh, Tyson Bajan uh, trilogy came to a, uh, you know, a massive thud. And, you know, I think we can pretty much agree, and I'm sure you guys have talked about this many, many times, that, you know, he's more of a, a support role guy than a leading guy. And, and, and there's nothing wrong with that for a guy who was undrafted out of a, a small town in West Virginia. So at least I give him credit for balling out early and then taking ownership of the uh, basically almost the uh, five turnovers that uh, the Bears committed today. But um, mm-hmm. I think we can all look back and say the Bears lost the game on early in the fourth quarter when they were deep in their own territory on third and six. Luke gets the inexplicably through a call a, a screen pass that was poorly executed. And then the uh, Saints got a better field and just marched down the field uh, nonchalantly with the Bears offering no pass rush and no resistance from the defense. So, you know, again, I just don't understand why Luke Getty won't even trust Justin Fields or even Tyson Beijing. If he doesn't trust any of the quarterbacks, who is he going to trust? And why can't he adjust the uh, the play call to the uh, strength of the quarterback? And then all of a sudden, when we reach the uh, the critical moments of the game, especially in the fourth quarter like we saw today, the team continues to wilt and play poorly. And, 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 and I think that goes on the coaching staff. And Ryan Pulse better be careful about, you know, offering, you know, a vote of confidence like he did earlier this week. Because a well, young African-American I, I, executive like him can only get so many job opportunities. And tying your future and reputation to a guy like Eberflus, I think it's a career suicide in Virginia. Thank well, you, guys. I, yeah, thanks, uh, Steve. I, I don't know what else he's supposed to say. I, I don't know if he's supposed to say, wow, you know, this team is very bad. I didn't put it together well, and I definitely have to fire the coach. I, I just think it shouldn't surprise you in season when everyone's trying to be on the same page and everyone's trying to go through. What, what's confounding me is I think we've all said earlier today, uh, you know, throughout the course of this thing that bully for the for the Bears, they found a backup quarterback. I think mm-hmm. everyone feels good about that. I don't think anybody in this group anyway has said, God, you know, really, this guy is so much more talented than Justin Fields. I, I think we've been looking forward to Fields getting back. I think the guy won a game when he started, and you were kind of intrigued, and he deserved another start. And he didn't. He started this game because the quarterback wasn't ready to come back. The, the guy was listed as out from day one this week from uh, – from the head coach. So I, I don't know why people are getting upset about Justin Fields being dissed somehow. I, they're, they're trying to find which, whether he should wear a glove or not wear a glove. Presumably <laughs> that means he's going to play on Thursday. I, I think what happened in the city is that we celebrated a win, right? Tyson Bajant won a game and it was just the story of him coming from where he came from and beating, you know, the Raiders. Right. Obviously it was a bit of backup quarterback. I think maybe people have spun that into thinking that he should start over, you know, everybody's asked the question, should he continue starting? Should he continue starting? But I think what I've seen over the time, I, Hey, listen, I celebrated as much as anybody just because it was one, it was a win. And two, it was a great story. I hope to wanted to maybe see it grow into something bigger, but now it hasn't. He's, he's kind of proven who he is. And now it's time for Justin Fields to come back, win healthy to see if he can earn his, see if he can play better and earn, 
earn, earn a lengthier contract here, earn something more here, earn something more somewhere else. And I think, I think we're all looking for that. I, I will say this about just about Bajan, right? Because uh, it's interesting to watch him play and say, okay, he, like we said, he does look like he can capa- capably fulfill the backup role. Mm-hmm. Um, he's going to have to stop turning the ball over at some point, right? Yes. He's going to have to, or else he won't even be able to do that. So that is a part of his game that you are worried about when you watch him. If I'm a coach, when I put my backup quarterback in, uh, I expect him to be one or two things, either a dynamic playmaker, I mean, a dynamic runner or a game manager, right? That's what a backup mm-hmm. quarterback is there for. And if you're turning the ball over, that is something this young man's going to have to fix if he wants to be someone's backup or even be more one day. You're listening to the Great Clips postgame show presented by Tullamore Dew, 312-644-6767. Back with your calls on Chicago Sports Radio 6-7 of the score. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. 